Welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bubbles, and welcome back to Holy Trinity Sunday for the week of June 16th, 2019, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get into this week's podcast, and I'm excited that we get to talk about the Trinity this week, because I think it's one of the things that it's very difficult for us to wrap our head around entirely, and I've used different models before. There's another one that I picked up this last week that I'm going to talk about that I think is a good analogy with thinking about the Trinity, but it's also one of these things that I think we need to talk about more because it's one of those things that understanding the elements of God, the essence of God in all these three phases, I think also makes him more humanistic in a way because we are complex beings. We are complex people with multiple parts to us, that we constantly have different influences that are influencing us. And we have people who will, we will talk about how you have to get to know this side of me or that side of me. And I think this is the same type of thing that we're getting into this week. And I think it's fun to talk about. But it's also, I think, with looking at these texts this week, I think there is an urgency that we need to look at also, and some of my environmental bias, I think, will come through this week. But before we get into this week's podcast, I have to do my shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, you get to look at and read commentaries from multiple different preachers and professors at different seminaries, along with listening to the great Ralph Jacobson, Caroline Lewis, and Matt Skinner lead a discussion who are seminary professors at Luther Seminary in St. Paul I use them on a weekly basis since I am not an ordained minister, and I'd highly recommend it if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org. The second thing before we get into this week's podcast is reflecting back on the Twitter question from last week. The Twitter question from last week is, what do you know about the Holy Spirit? And I think it's one of these difficult questions. It's not an easy question to get our head around to be able to wrap up in a tight bow. But I think it's one of these things that as we progress and move through our faith, there's these God moments and there's these times when you can just feel something around us. And to me, that's what I know about the Holy Spirit. I know that it can guide us and move us in directions. When I look at my life and the chaos that my life has been the last five years, I think about and see how the Holy Spirit has been active and moving in that time. And I think it's one of these things that also is something that we realize and recognize a lot, not as much when we're going through stuff, but often when we're reflecting back on things. And I think it's one of those things that we really should be connecting with so that we can see it more in the active tense. And I think that's where we really start to see God's works happening right in front of our eyes. So let's get into this week's text. The gospel text is out of John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. And get your fix of John, because this is going to be the last time we're in John for an extended period of time. But again, it's Christ talking to his disciples and discussing that there's so much more that he wants to tell them. 
but he can't. And that's where this advocate, like we've talked about, or in this case, the spirit of truth will come to guide them, to help them understand what is going on. And that through that being in them, it will help them to glorify Jesus and the Father through that correspondence. And I think that's so cool. It's so important to be able to understand and think about this is kind of a verse and a section for us that we realize that the Spirit is there. It's working with us. It's constantly present in us. And I think it's one of the things that's really, really important to consider. The first reading is from Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 4 and 22 through 31. And this is just, I find really interesting. I have been doing some work on my own time going through Proverbs recently. And when we're looking at Proverbs, especially this section, it's talking about the wisdom of God and how it's steering us instead of being tempted by other callings of the world, if you want to put it that way, or other temptations that we might have, and the insight that wisdom portrays and gives to us. But I think that second section that we get coming, starting in verse 22, I think is really important, and it ties in really well with kind of some creation theology, with talking about that the Holy Spirit was with God before the creation of the world. That, to me, is really powerful, and there's a lot of depth there if you're reading through that, where you could start to argue that, and it's seen that the Holy Spirit was there before anything was there, and thus it was enjoying this time with God to help create the face of the world in which we're in. And I will give you a foretaste here. If you talked about the Tower of Babel last week, I think there is an amazing verse here this week with an amazing science tie-in that I will get to starting in verse 29. So I will come back to verse 29 talking about that. The psalm this week is Psalm 8, a very popular psalm. Lots of discussion has been about this. It's very much a psalm of appreciating the creation and which is around us, noticing the stars, and just taking in the awe and wonder of what is around this person as they're thinking about this. It's a prayer, and it's also just this giving thanks to God, which I just think is amazing. I think it's here partially because of the first reading from Proverbs with the tie-ins of the creation elements in the story, and I think that's where it fits in a little bit differently because you saw in the gospel text this kind of urgency of Christ kind of telling us, I only have so much time. You have the urgency of us understanding wisdom coming from the Holy Spirit and being able to help guide us and understanding that this has been here from the beginning of time to us as a human race. And you have this psalm that's much more of a praise psalm, being able to understand and appreciate all the things that God has given us and the responsibility that he has given us. Coming out of verse 6, you have been given dominion 
over the works of your hands. You have put all things under your feet. And I would recommend thinking of dominion in this case more, again, like you have dominion over a garden. You have dominion over what you're having for dinner. Not this domination viewpoint that we typically take with the word of dominion. The second reading is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And again, it's talking about through the faith that we have in Christ, that it gives us the ability to stand firm in our faith, but then also, again, the urgency of being able to then share this gospel and talking about that even though we go through all this stuff, knowing that the Holy Spirit is still in us and is with us and is constantly around us. And I think that is an important element to bring up. One final word before we dig into the science connotations. Here in the United States, it's Father's Day weekend. So again, thank you to all the fathers. Props to you. But I think it's there's so many other things that we can get into this week because we do have an idea, the possibility at this point to be able to look at the Proverbs text and have kind of more what we traditionally see as a feminine version of God being presented. And that's unique. I think it's also one of these things where it's so difficult for us to grapple with God in these three phases of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's been something of mine to kind of try to look and see some different possibilities on helping us grapple with this idea. So one that I have thrown out before that I think is really powerful is just looking at water, that you have a frozen state of ice and snow that we're very familiar with, especially if you're in the northern part of the world. You also have liquid state of water that we drink and that we use on a daily basis. And then we have steam, which I think also kind of symbolizes the Holy Spirit kind of beautifully. Being able to open up our lungs when you're taking a shower and just kind of helps us feel refreshed. I think it's an easy way for us to see it. But one of the other things I stumbled across this week as I was getting ready for this to think about the three in one, thinking about your just your finger. There are three separate bones that are connected by three joints back to the base of the finger, which make up one finger. So you have three bones and three joints, but they make one finger. And if you have ever broken a finger or broken any of those bones, it makes the finger harder to be able to function. And again, that's where, to me, it's bringing in this idea of understanding the God in the multiple phases and understanding the elements of who God is. Understanding, if you're going to know me, you need to know all the sides of me. This is the sides of God. I think it's a really thing that it's hard to fully grapple with, but I think if when we start putting it in the basic human terms like this, it becomes much easier to deal with. But I teased here earlier when I was going through that I wanted to get into Proverbs this week especially. And when you look at verse 29, that first section, when he assigned 
the sea its limits. And it's talking about here that the Holy Spirit, the wisdom in this case, was there when he established the heavens. I was there when he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies, when he established the foundations of the deep, when he assigned the sea its limits so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, going 27 to 30. I think this is a really alarming text when we think about that. That the Holy Spirit and God was there to set the limits of the sea. And it's one of the things that we think about when we hear about now more and more and more, especially here in the United States, being that a lot of our major cities are coastal. And we hear about all these things of rising sea levels and worrying about what's this going to be. Manhattan is a great example that they are very concerned that at the consistent rate that it's going right now, that easily within 20 years, there are going to be major parts of Manhattan that are underwater. And what are we going to do? I found a story from Vox and I will attach it down below just south of New York City, one of the boroughs, and how they are seriously considering putting up a wall to defend and prevent erosion and to help prevent, when there is a major storm, destroying that section of land. And as I was reading this a second time this week, preparing for this, it hit me like a bag of bricks is if God was there establishing the limits of the sea, and he loves us like we know he does, especially when you're looking at Christ in the Gospel of John here, sending the truth for us, even though he wasn't able to get out everything that he wanted to say. The truth has been sent to us to help us connect with the Father. That instead of looking and connecting and realizing that there is a problem, that we are so quick to just say, well, we have the technology to push off this problem a little bit further. This really frustrates me. That instead of respecting and trying to understand what is actually going on, the science part of me, let's understand the root of the problem instead of just making what we perceive to be a solution without understanding the root of the problem. And to me, that's extremely scary and can be extremely harmful if we go that route. This is why I don't feel entirely this way, but I understand why for the first time in an extended period of time here in the United States, millennials and Gen Z are not optimistic about their future. We're scared. We don't know who to turn to. And there's a lot of times speaking as a millennial that we don't feel like we're heard. And when we're seeing this world in which we're in, in my case, as an environmentalist, and seeing things get tabled, seeing things get repealed that was foundational environmental movement, that's scary because we don't feel like we have the time. It's amazing to me on a day-to-day basis on how I'm seeing more and more news that gets me concerned on trees and plants disappearing at an alarming rate. When are we going to wake up? One of the wise things that I got from a person a long time ago 
And I try repeating it, especially with people who are younger than me, is the world is more theirs than mine. Anybody who's younger than you, theoretically, has the world more theirs than mine. And so when we're talking about building a wall to prevent the sea from rushing in, how is that not different than the story we had last week with the Tower of Babel? How is that not different? How is that not us understanding and listening to the environment that is around us saying something? How are we not seeing God who has announced that he is in this stuff, that he has the spirit to help guide us, but that he was part of all this and that he's controlling where the sea stops. And yet we don't get it. And I realize myself, as I'm saying, there are plenty of things that I still need to do to become a better environmentalist. There are plenty of things, and I'm not accusing people directly in this. But to me, it's so frustrating that we're having such a hard time getting this, especially as Christians. Especially as this being, this what I would say, the second greatest gift outside of scripture that we physically have right now. It's the second love letter and we overlook it. If we are, and there's been plenty of studies talking about nature versus nurture, but we all realize at some fundamental part of us that we are a product of the environment in which we are lived. And if you think about it, if we're a product of the environment in which we live, that means it's important. And if you're going to make statements about then, well, that's all the more reason for us to go to Mars and have a colony on Mars. I'll attach links down below. And how, again, this week, I ran across articles talking about how astronauts seem to have a higher risk of being infected and having the effects of herpes. And I'll attach it down below. The idea of being able to build a space colony to solve all our problems, I think, is very unrealistic. Is there a possibility that maybe someday we can have some people living there? Maybe. There are a lot of obstacles that we still have to overcome yet. And to just say that that's our bailout card, I think is ridiculous. To think that, well, then we'll just do that to, and we'll let the earth go astray. What would make us think that we would be any better the second time around? To me, that's so optimistic and that we're not considering the actions of what we're actually doing. And it's essentially, I don't want to change, so I'll just make a new way to, so I don't have to change. I don't feel like that's realistic. There are so many minerals and resources that we have here on planet Earth that just aren't in space that we have found at this moment. When we're considering the Holy Spirit, we're considering the Godhead. We're considering that we have this place that's talked about in Psalm 8 and how majestic it is. And that the psalmist is helping us understand that with starting to see this, we can start to grapple with and start to understand the essence of who God is, the character of God. The Holy Spirit helps us understand the essence of of God. It's us going and sharing our faith to help us understand parts of God so that the Holy Spirit can continue to work with us to understand this faith of ours. We've been given a gift in the Holy Spirit. 
We've been given a gift and the ability to have scripture to tell us and be able to decipher and understand that this is a living and breathing text that constantly is helping us open up new understandings of Christ. And we have this gift of a world that he just freely gave us, rent-free. We're just told to take care of it. And boy, have we struggled with that all the way from the beginning. So yes, I know this got a little more venti than I typically get, but I read that this week out of Proverbs, and it just shook me to my core. And as being a younger guy, I feel like we need to start listening to each other. Especially when we're looking at Holy Trinity Sunday, the more of us who can come together, the better we can understand the Holy Spirit, the better we can start to understand the Godhead. That's what's so important. And if we're looking to the psalm to understand the essence of God, it's all around us. So why wouldn't we want to do our part? There's a lot here also in the Proverbs text of looking at the wisdom in a feminine text, in this nurturing text. And I think when we're going through and feeling this urgency that we get in three of the four texts this week, I think it's also remembering whenever we've had people around us to nurture us, that the challenge may be great, but yet God's still there. God's still going to help us through. Just like those important people in your life who help guide you through those times and the Holy Spirit is walking along with you at those times, even when you don't see it and they see it. I think we need to at this type of time, instead of trying to avoid and just use our own strength and our abilities of, we'll just build this wall to prevent the sea from coming in. Then maybe we start working together to understand what is God trying to say to us out there. And maybe we can work together with the Holy Spirit being the interpreter to guide us through this next phase of life. It's going to be a challenge. It's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And as the great Hank Green stated a couple weeks ago, if we're able to get through this, it will be one of our greatest accomplishments as humankind. But we can do it if we work together in faith. So the Twitter question this week will be, how do you see the Godhead in your daily life? And as I think you can see from me, I see the Godhead a lot in the environment, in the world in which is around me. But I do see the Godhead in the day-to-day interactions with people, the day-to-day gifts that suddenly just happen. And it's those day-to-day gifts when we take the time to reflect on the gift that we've been given. It's really hard to be upset about something when we really start recognizing those gifts that are around us. Of people, of places in which we've been able to experience, places that we are. Being able to be in a safe and comfortable place, hopefully, is a gift. And there's a lot of them that most of us have. And it's them being able to listen to the Holy Spirit on what we're supposed to do next. And how we're going to glorify God in that. We'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.